This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Kara Hart. The USDA released its October World Agriculture Supply, Demand Estimate and Crop Production reports this week. The USDA's National Ag Statistics Service has U.S. corn production for grain forecast at 15 billion bushels, up slightly from the September forecast. USDA forecasting U.S. corn yields at 176.5 bushels per acre, slightly higher than trade expectations. U.S. soybean production forecast at a record. 4.45 billion bushels. Soybean yields forecast to average 51.5 bushels per acre, slightly higher than trade expectations. Instead of the corn and soybean yields in the eastern corn belt offsetting losses in the west, EverAg market analyst Mike North says the western corn belt yields are better than initially expected. It's allowing this national average yield to climb. With an increase in the crush and no change in exports, USDA is estimating soybean ending stocks at 320 20 million bushels, up from an average trade guess of 300 million. USDA has corn ending stocks at 1.5 billion bushels, up from trade expectations. The 2021-2022 wheat carryout totals 580 million bushels, up from the average trade guess. U.S. wheat ending stocks are at their lowest level in 14 years. Brock Associates owner and market analyst Richard Brock thinks the big surprise in the WASDE report is the soybean carryover. The USDA's now estimating carry over for new crop soybeans at um, 320 million bushels. We're higher than that. We think it's our estimate is 350. In any case, it's uh, very hard to justify $12 soybeans with that those kind of supplies. So, you know, it just shows how quickly things can change. And like the old saying goes, big bulls turn into big bears. And a lot of people thought this one would be different, but it's not. The trade now has a decent understanding about the size of the U.S. crop following that USDA report. Martinson Ag Risk Management Market Analyst Randy Martinson says now the focus is shifting. We're going to be watching planting progress for uh, the, the South America. Brazil seems to be getting a pretty good go of it. The Paranara region continues to be a little bit slow for soybeans, but uh, you know, it does look like weather is going to improve. Up here, of course, we'll pay attention to harvest and where the last of the yields start coming into play. But most of the attention will start to focus on export demand here and planting progress and the crop development in South America. Summit Commodities Market Analyst Tim Marsh says it is possible between now and the November WASDE report for corn and soybeans to hit their harvest lows. The thing that triggered this bean rally initially was about 11 months ago in the November supply demand report almost a year ago. It was the first report for the, what the USDA showed a smaller than normal carryover for soybeans, a, a sub-pipeline supply, and that's where the mar- when the market really took off on the notion that we might run short on soybeans this coming year. That price level they took off from was, was $11. I'd say somewhere in that $11 price range is where we could fall to under the bearish scenario, unless the Chinese come in and save, you know, and, and buy a bunch here, and we'll hope that happens. China bought 6.8 million tons of soybeans in September, down 30% from last year, and this is the lowest point for that month in seven years. Crush margins were poor, and crushers suspended operations for regular maintenance. In the last week, we saw China come in to buy several flash sales of U.S. soybeans. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. The harvest season is an exciting time, but it can also be a dangerous one. The team at Ag Country Farm Credit Services reminds everyone to practice farm safety by taking breaks and staying alert when operating large machinery and to slow down and share the road when farm vehicles are present. If you're working with grain bins, please try to avoid working alone. 
from everyone at Egg Country. Have a safe and successful harvest season. October is National Co-op Month, celebrating the important role cooperatives play within our community. The Red River Farm Network joins with the North Dakota Farmers Union, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated, and its Dinnerbell Creamery brand. In this salute to cooperatives, the theme for this year's celebration is Built Back for Impact, highlighting how people work together to make an impact in our lives and our economy. The North Dakota Farmers Union and AMPI support the cooperative movement during October Co-op Month. This Week in News, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. When NDSU Extension Crops Marketing Economist Frayne Olson starts to do some back-of-the-envelope calculations on next year's acreage, the commodities that lead the charge right now for bottom-line potential are the oiled seed crops. The leading the pack is canola. The canola supplies are exceptionally tight. Demand remains very strong for canola, both in, in Canada as well as the U.S. Um, there's been some pretty aggressive canola contracts already come out as well as some oilseed sunflower contracts that are new crop contracts that are available. So when we look at kind of net income and profitability, even by the time you adjust for some higher seed costs and some higher fertilizer costs, the oil seeds still seem to dominate. Uh, soybean, uh, when you look at relative prices for harvest delivery of 2022, and we're thinking a year ahead already. In most regions of, of North Dakota, soybeans is still one of those crops that has tremendous profitability potential. Corn's profitability potential varies across North Dakota, and right now, specialty crops Crops are trying to figure out how to be competitive with their contracts. According to DTN's weekly survey of ag retailers, fertilizer prices continue to move higher. Potash and urea both up 17% from last month. MAP was 10% more expensive. UAN 28 and UAN 32 are 8% higher than last month with UAN 28 topping the $400 per ton level for the first time since May 2013. Anhydrous prices now averaging more than $800 per ton, up 7% from last month, DAP prices are up 5%. Inflation is at its highest rate in more than 10 years. The Labor Department's Consumer Price Index rose 5.4% from one year ago. Minutes released from the most recent Federal Reserve Board meeting highlights concerns about higher inflation. The supply chain disruptions were also discussed in the September Fed meeting. White House is addressing supply chain disruptions facing agriculture and the rest of the economy. President Biden announced the Port of Los Angeles will operate 24 hours per day, seven days days a week. That follows similar commitment from the Port of Long Beach a few weeks ago. This is the first key step toward moving our entire freight, transportation, and logistical supply chain nationwide to a 24-7 system. Agricultural Retailers Association President and CEO Darren Kopik says the supply chain backups impacting agriculture are a multi-dimensional problem. It's going to take a whole lot of different actions to make it any better. I think what the president's proposing hopefully will be helpful as he's trying to increase the, the number of hours that the, the transportation companies and some of the retailers are, are diverting toward uh, toward transportation work. You've got so many issues with things like containers being shipped empty back to China out of the West Coast ports that should be carrying U.S. ag imports, or ag exports rather, uh, issues with our domestic infrastructure system, a lack of available drivers. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are piling on each other. While the L.A. port moves mostly consumer goods, Kopik says improving the backup there will alleviate the stress at other ports, bringing in ingredients and products for agriculture. In the meantime, farmers need to plan ahead for next year and talk with their local retailers about chemical and 
fertilizer needs. President Biden signed legislation to raise the debt ceiling. This is a short-term extension. The EPA and Army Corps of Engineers sent a proposed Waters of the United States rule to the White House Office of Management and Budget this week. Details aren't released at this time, but this will create a new definition of WOTUS. By the way, the Biden administration is starting to announce state appointments for the Farm Service Agency in USDA rural development. Ex Secretary Tom Vilsack confirmed last month appointees will be released in different groups. At this time, no appointments for the Red River Farm Network's listening area are named. And Fargo-based Bushel acquired a joint venture owned by ADM and Cargill called Grainbridge. A $2 million upgrade is also being planned for the Dakota Growers Pasta Company in Carrington, North Dakota. The project is expected to be completed in July 2022. That's a look at news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. A lot of things have changed over the years since cooperatives first took hold in North Dakota. But one thing that hasn't changed is the spirit of cooperation. For over 90 years, Farmers Union has championed that spirit in the member-owned cooperatives that provide valuable services and products to all North Dakotans. Join Farmers Union in celebrating the cooperative spirit that is alive in our communities and in us all. Because if it's October, it's Co-op Month. Tune in to the driving scene on the Red River Farm Network every Friday at 12.35 on this radio station. Each week, we'll get an update on the driving crop from agronomists, farmers, and processors in the region. That's the latest news in the industry coming right to your radio dial. These updates are made possible by Johnstown Bean Company, SRS Commodities, Sharpen Herbicide from BASF, and the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. Areas west of the Bismarck and Minot, North Dakota areas, saw snowfall earlier this week. National Weather Service meteorologist Alex Edwards says most reports range from one and a half to five inches. And then there was actually a report of uh, six to eight inches of snow uh, just across the, just on the North Dakota side of the Montana border, kind of near Glendive out there, where um, very het, wet, heavy snow um, has been, has been uh, observed. And so that's kind of the, the story of the snow so far, is that uh, a lot of the snow that we've received out west has um, generally melted on contact, but uh, where it was able to uh, accumulate on the ground, especially the, the grassy surfaces, uh, we got a decent a decent amount of uh, water out of that snow. and More than a foot of snow was seen in portions of southwestern South Dakota due to heavy snow and high winds. I-90 was closed between Rapid City and the Wyoming state line for quite some time. Near Carlstead, Minnesota, Justin Dagan isn't too concerned about running up against a frost or freeze during a later-than-usual sugar beet harvest. The long-term uh, weather data I'm looking at just has no cold temperatures in it almost to the end of October. So we're really optimistic we're going to be able to finish up in good shape. We did finish the corn harvest just a couple days ago here, and that went really well. The corn was relatively dry coming off of the field. Yields are down because we did have a drought of, of uh, severity in our, in our neighborhood, but happy to get the crop off in good condition. 
According to Leah Johnson of Red River Marketing Company, nearly all the soybean harvest is complete in the Elbow Lake, Minnesota area. With the dry conditions, yields were still a pleasant surprise. For corn, water has been the biggest limiting factor. So we've got sub-100 bushel corn to 200 to 220 bushel corn, all depending on the timeliness of rains this summer um, at that pre-pollination. So I guess water is essential and we, we need it. Usually we, uh, we don't want it to rain so much in June, but I think it's kind of important that this crop gets rained on in June. Near Brockett, North Dakota, Austin Sundeen finished corn harvest before the rain set in earlier this week. That means harvest as a whole is officially done for the year on the farm. We were doing really good. We were, we were running 19% moisture and, and moving right along. And uh, we kind of got rained out last Saturday afternoon. And well, we kind of saw this weather coming, some high winds possibly today and, and another chance of rain. So we... Uh, we kind of gathered up all the, the neighbor's trucks and everything we could to kind of give it one last push and uh, finished up last night about 3.30 the combine or 3 o'clock the combine rolled back in the shed last night. So it was good to, good to finish up, but, but every, every truck on the farm and every, everything is full. <laughs> Nationwide, 42% of the nation's topsoil moisture is in short to a very short supply. However, USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says percentage improvements of at least 10 points were seen in several states over the past week. The majority of the country will be drier than normal and perhaps most importantly, a wetter pattern setting up for the far west. So the Pacific Coast states, the Great Basin, and even extending as far east as the Northern Rockies, we do expect a wetter than normal pattern in late October, and that will start hitting some of the areas that have not yet received significant autumn precipitation. So we may start seeing some more widespread and appreciable drought relief in the far west as we head toward the end of October. And that's been a look at weather here on the Red River Farm Network. Sarkovsk Relief Spot has been a challenge for sugar beet growers for years. I'm John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed, and I know firsthand the impact Sarkospra has on our growers and their bottom line. That's why I'm excited about a new ally in the battle against Sarkospra. It's a new trait called CR Plus that balances disease tolerance with yields in a way no previous technology has. 60 years in the making, there's innovation bred into every seed. CR Plus is available, pending approval, in select Beta Seed varieties in our American Crystal Market for the 2022 growing season. Beta Seed, breeding confidence. The Red River Farm Network is celebrating 25 years of reporting agriculture's business. Reporting from Long Beach, California for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Randy Conan. Reporting agriculture's business from Washington, D.C., I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. Reporting from Cobble, Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. From the Cattle Industry Convention in San Antonio, Texas, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. When news happens that's important to your farm and your bottom line, the first choice is the Red River Farm Network.